You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. It is currently 8.05 a.m. I'm looking outside. I'm seeing beautiful sunshine. We are in for a great day here in Newcastle. Maybe maybe it's going to rain a bit later, but... I, I think it's. I think it's just. I think it's just a good time. It did say. I believe the forecast that I read this morning said it would and be overcast. So hopefully, just stay some nice, nice, some nice, good uh, autumn weather. Just to that that will be optimum for me to go to the library and sit in front of my computer and study and write essays and memorize Greek. We're just talking about that. Oh, for me, it would the, be about in, going outside. It'd be, it'd be going outside <laughs> to do those things. I could, oh, well, I could I could potentially do that too if the weather stays nice. So praise God. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and we're going to have another clue for the quiz. I've got right here, the Bible says, or the Bible does say this, but the quiz card says, I wrote, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. Who wrote that? 0491-064-669. You know, this person, they're quite a famous biblical figure or, or, or relatively well-known. Mm, yet absolutely. all these clues so far have been rather obscure, <laughs> like just quotes and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, guys, I hope you have your thinking caps on. Some people have gotten correct. Shout out Karen for getting the right answer. But, uh, yeah, again, that quote was, this person wrote, surely he took up our infirmities and carried out sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. I have a uh, I have a text message here from George. He says, AI, proceed with great caution. We must always guard, guard our hearts and our minds. Amen. And trust in our fathers. For all uh, trust in our Father for all things good, all good things, and beautiful. Yeah, for all good things. Beautiful morning here in sunny Albury. Blessings. Oh, shout out, George. And I gotta assume that's that's Albury Wodonga right on the border there. I've I've spent a little bit of time in Albury Wodonga, and all I know about Albury Wodonga is either extreme heat in the summer or extreme cold in the True. winter. I haven't been down there, but yeah, wow, dude. <laughs> oh, that 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 highway. From essentially the, I believe it's the, it's the Hume, it's the, that, the big long highway, the big concrete highway from here to Melbourne, essentially. I have, I have put tracks on that thing. Like I've been up and down and up and down. So I've been through Albury plenty of times. And yeah, it's either been really cold or really hot, but it's, it's a nice place. Nonetheless, this is the river there and go over on the bridge. Uh, I've got some other text messages here. I got one from Wayne. He says, good morning, blessings. Good to hear you better, Lawson. Um, it says here, brother, do you know the true date Jesus was crucified on the cross? Do you know the true date Jesus was crucified on the cross? Now, that's an interesting question. And it doesn't say day here. Now, I, I believe that there are people, I know that there are a, a couple of divided opinions as to the day whether the Jesus was crucified. There mm. are people who believe Jesus was crucified on Friday. That's the common Christian, that is the common one. Christian belief. Then there are others who believe that Jesus was crucified on Wednesday, mm. Wednesday crucifixion. But this here says the date. Now, I don't know the exact date. I know that it was sometime around Passover, and it was during the year 31 AD. Yeah. So, so we can kind of triangulate it and pinpoint to 
pinpoint it to roughly that time. Uh, I wonder if he was trying to say day, but Wayne, thank you for, for texting in. Do I, do I know? I, I guess I, I guess I know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let us know what you guys think. 0491-064-669. Oh, we've got D and Sky texting in with the correct answers as well. I guess I guess that last one, that quote, broke the floodgates for people a little bit and they're starting to it's starting to click. It's starting to click. Maybe they put their hands on their chest and they, <laughs> they calm themselves down, stop thinking irrationally, uh, got their heart rate low and then they were just like nice and clear. Take a few deep breaths. Too. Yeah, that's right. They took some deep <laughs> breaths and, and their their brains just clicked into gear. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I've got a text here from Sky as well. She was talking about going swimming and she says, yes, it was cold, but I persisted. The beach water is more relaxing to me, though. No idea why. Well, there's something to say about, like, salt water versus, uh, you know, not, like, fresh, but not necessarily flat fresh. Like, if you're in a pool, then it's chlorined. Uh, yeah, there is definitely... Salt water is very, definitely very calming. Have you, have you ever gone down to the beach and then you've come home, you've like literally feeling like really tired and so you yeah. sleep a whole lot better? Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things even what Jennifer was saying earlier about, mm. you know, the, the Dead Sea, um, the, the sea salt, yeah, the yeah. bath salts, the Epsom salts, you know, magnesium, that sort of stuff that really, really helps. And so mm. um, I think, you know, the ocean is one of those natural ways, um, you know, as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and I think most of my experience in a pool with chlorine in it is me going there to like do swimming training. And so I never think of that as a relaxing time. It's cold. It's like freezing cold and you smell terrible after you get out. So it's, yeah, it it doesn't really give that same feeling. So I, I totally understand why sky you would feel as though, Oh yeah. When I go to the beach, I, I feel more relaxed. It's like, yeah, those pools aren't really built for relaxing. They're built for speed. Absolutely. So, so <laughs> Oh, good on you. Yes. Going for a morning swim makes me tired. Same. All right. Good text messages guys. And let us know if you have any thoughts on our Bible study coming up or anything you'd like to say. 0491-064-669. Our line is open here on the breakfast show. Now, Danuta. We're going to be looking at the Bible. We're going to be looking at our Bible study for today, which is titled, I believe, well, if it's Wednesday yeah, today. Heaven, we're looking at the heavenly judgment. Yesterday we looked mm. at the Son of Man, and we unpacked mm. what the Son of Man is. Um, and, um, you know, the fact that that's a term that Jesus used a lot for himself. It's probably the most mm. common term that he actually used, and it's mm. actually 82 times in the Gospels. And so we unpack then look at some verses in Matthew. Mm. Um, and so we're actually going to touch on the fact that the Son of Man is also referred to in the Old Testament. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So so we touched on that yesterday. Yeah. And then today we have we are looking at the heavenly judgment. The heavenly yeah, judgment. Yeah, yeah. When you think of judgment or when you think of a court, have you ever been in a court? I have been in a court, yeah, and a couple of times. And it was quiet. Mm. Uh, it was very serious. There were, you know, I, I guess there would be some anomalies to that, but yeah, the, the court processions that I went to is yeah, very quiet, very serious. Uh, just a, just a kind of feeling of anxiety. It was, it's like, it's always, you can, in those settings, you can hear a pin drop, mm. you know, because judgment is usually something that people are quite scared of. Absolutely. Because hey. essentially your life and your future is in someone else's hands. And if you're, I've, I've never been prosecuted, so I've never been in that position myself, but looking on towards something else, someone else, you're nervous mm. because of that reason. Like, oh, wow, this, this person's life 
is in the hands of someone else and and it can be quite serious. Yeah, I, I, And that whole feeling of being judged is really hard on, isn't it, on you? Absolutely. Like on, on any person and so, mm. um, but, yeah, we're going to discover some great things here about, um, yeah, where it touches on a judgment. And the reason I asked you about a court is because we go into a scene of a court, mm. court, court scene that's in the heavens, which is really interesting. Mm, absolutely. So where, where are we going to pick it up, Danuta? Where, where do you think? So, Well, shall we look at Revelation 14, verse 14? Because all of this um, that we're looking at is relating to um, relating back to what we call the three angels' messages mm. that are referred to in Revelation chapter 14 and verses 6 to 12 especially. Mm. Um, and they are the three um, uh, they are the, the warning messages that, that are given uh, that mm-hmm. Jesus gives us to the world before Jesus' second coming, mm-hmm. and it's and so um, yeah, maybe Revelation fourteen verse fourteen. Yeah, Revelation fourteen fourteen in the Bible says, "Then I saw a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was someone like the Son of Man. He had a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand." So if we do a little bit of a recap as to the scenes of Revelation 14 so far, and I guess the scenes from Revelation 12 to 14, it's like 12, we've got this history overview of God's people finishing with the woman uh, going into the wilderness and the dragon trying to persecute her. Uh, Chapter 13, we've got two institutions that have been set up by the dragon or by Satan um, to persecute God's people. Then chapter 14 is ultimately God's response, God's people. We see what their character is like mm. in the first five verses. That's then followed by we see their message, the three angels' messages, which has been the big focus for this whole 20 million movement Bible study for this quarter up until the, the middle of this year. But just pr- proceeding this, so afterwards we then see this scene of the message has gone out and that is then followed with this harvest of the earth by the one, the son of man who sits on the cloud. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Now, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. We've seen the message go out. The son of man is ready to harvest, and he's, he's got his sickle out. He's ready to go. Now, this is, again, we're reading Revelation, a very... Um, very symbolic and metaphorical book. Uh, and, and, but thankfully, when it comes to symbolic and meta- metaphorical, the Bible always gives us the tools mm. to enable us to be able to interpret. And now the question comes to my mind, well, if this guy here is, is ready to go, you know, he's ready to pull out the sickle and to harvest from the earth, he, which is essentially a metaphor for he is ready to take the saved and, and leave the lost. He's, he's made a decision then wouldn't have judgment have already had to be, have been made, mm. right? At least yeah. that, that's immediately where my mind goes to. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, well, I think, I mean, there's, would it be fair to say that there is a need for a judgment? Because, I mean, oh, the sin in absolutely. this world, you know, and, um, you know, that, that stems all the way back to the war that was in heaven, you know, mm. with Satan and then the influence that, you know, he and his he and his angels have had on on this earth and on the people, you know, on people, and he wants to pull as many away from Jesus as possible before the second coming of Jesus. Mm. And so, there's a need to, you know, to have this judgment scene. Some 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 people would probably ask, why is there a need for a judgment? Well, the need for that judgment is so that so that there's this objective, not a mm. subjective, but an objective um, way of actually, um, you know, showing or indicating who has followed Jesus's ways and who hasn't, who has. Mm 
has mm. chosen to go um, against that. And and the beautiful thing is that the son of the man is at the centre of them. That's what we find in the book of Daniel because Daniel and Revelation are yeah. you know go together hand yeah. in hand. They're prophetic books. They have a lot of symbolism, and we find that in the mm. Old Testament where we see the son of man being mentioned as well. Yeah, yeah. God, I think, can only claim to be good if there is judgment. In the because we look at the world around us and there is so much that is good. I was at an amazing wedding on the weekend. Like it was beautiful. It was powerful. Like these are my personal friends. I was the MC at the wedding. The guy getting married. Shout out Harry. He he lives on my property. Uh, like just just you know the the property in which I live on. It's not my property. It's my dad's property. But the 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 he he rents the granny flat. Like his now wife. Yeah, wow. Hannah. She's a regular listener on the show, but these guys are my of the show. But she, yeah, these guys are my church family. I love them so much. Getting to go there and experience uh, a God ordained, amazing thing like them getting married, which comes beautiful, which comes from before sin. Like it's an institution that God has given us. It's a taste of heaven. Like Absolutely, it, it was really, really, really amazing. Outside of that, though, and even within marriage, not their marriage, hopefully, um, but even in the, in the marital space and outside of it, we see such terrible injustice, pain, hurt, suffering, and sin. The only way that we could claim that God is good in spite of that is if there's an existence if is if there is an existence the existence of a judgment, and that is because. There would need there would need to be a judgment that takes place if someone has broken God's standards mm-hmm. that has led to that. Mm-hmm. Because then, if God is good and it's not God, then who is it? And if it's someone else, well, then we need to say, well, why did they do it? Yep. And that's exactly what judgment is mm-hmm. for. Absolutely. Now, I think the beautiful message of the Bible is that Jesus has lived, died, and resurrected to enable us to pass through judgment. Isn't that just a beautiful thing? Mm, that he stepped into our place of yeah. what we deserve. Um, you know, mm. we, you know, the guilt of sin. We, we are the, you know, we, we are the ones that ought to have the punishment. We are the yeah. guilty ones. Yeah. But the beautiful picture of, of this loving God and of of grace. You know, this uh, receiving unmerited mm. favor, something that we're not really deserving of. Mm. That, that Jesus Christ as our brother, as our King, as our Savior, um, and so much more, has has stepped into our place, and that's what Calvary is all about. He stepped in our mm. place, and now he's. The Bible tells us that he's now interceding on our behalf. Mm. So he's already interceding, you know, and so this is all part of of that what's called the pre pre judgment, and then the judgment. Then we've got yeah. the judgment phase coming, and I love the fact that. He He's stepping, you know, the Bible says he's our mediator. In fact, that's Mm. what Daniel then refers to, you know, as our mediator. Yeah, and mediation is only needed in judgment. Absolutely. If there's no judgment, there's no mediation. There's no need for it. Absolutely. But the, the question is then, well, when is this judgment taking place? And what we're seeing here in this passage is that this judgment would need to take place, well, you know, right throughout history, because right throughout history, people have lived and died and they're making their decision to, to follow Jesus or not before and they, they have a period of judgment and that is the period of their lifetime. But I think it just makes such clear and obvious sense to me that if Jesus is going to come back soon and by the time, like this is post the message of the three angels being proclaimed. So it, he's ready to go. He's got, he's standing, he's got his sickle. He's ready to harvest. If he is going to come back, 
and harvest from the earth, you know, the, the good grapes. He's going to he's going to take those who are saved. Well, a lot of them, their decision is sealed with their death. But then there's people alive. And who are those people? Well, those proclaiming this message when he comes back. Yeah. And it's like, well, how, how do we know? How do we know that these people will be on Jesus' side when they're harvested from the earth, having not died? It's like, is their decision sealed? Is it not sealed? You know, what's going on there? If time permitted, would they turn away from Jesus? And that is why judgment ultimately exists, or what we call a a pre-advent judgment. And that's the exact point that those people with this message make. When you read in in Revelation chapter 6 and verse 7, sorry, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 7, where it says, Fear God, give glory to him, for the time of his judgment, the hour of his judgment has come. It's like, hey, you know, Jesus is like, I, I'm, I'm judging. I'm, I'm making the final preparations before the execution of that judgment, which I would hope would happen. You would never want execution of judgment to precede a judgment actually taking place. But also, if there's an execution of judgment, well, then you want a judgment to take place altogether. So there's, there's lots of kind of factors and moving parts here, but I think the simple reality is that we see from this verse, Jesus, he's in the clouds, he has a sickle, he's ready to go, he's ready to harvest, he's ready to take those who are seeking and following him, and he knows who that is because he is judging. He's seeing very clearly. And I think the really interesting thing with that verse before we move on to the ones even in, in Daniel mm. um, is that it says there that you know it's in the presence of, in, the, in the cloud it says um, he's in the cloud and clouds in the Bible actually often are associated with mm. judgment. But the wow. thing, yeah, and but the thing mm. is too that we, you know when we think of clouds when we go back to the Old Testament we see that um, God's presence was manifest in the form of a cloud. You know, when you think of the Israelites or if when you think of um, and when they were moving from place to place, you know, God directed them through a, through what? A cloud, mm-hmm. yeah? Um, they followed the cloud in, in the direction. But also when you, um, even in, say, in Exodus 33, we see with Moses that that um, God manifests himself in a cloud. You know, mm-hmm. there was the presence of a cloud outside of his tabernacle, yeah. outside of his tent. And then he actually saw, you know, he... Um, he actually um, spoke, um, you know, to, to, to God himself there. Mm. And, and that, that presence of the cloud, we see it right back in the early parts of the Bible. Mm. And we see it right to the end of Revelation where we've just read, you know, that, yeah, in, that, in that Revelation Jesus 14, 14, that Jesus is there. And then in a very literal but also metaphorical sense, it's Jesus in the beginning of the book of Acts as he ascends back into heaven he ascends up into the clouds and they, they lose his sight. And in a physical sense, it's like he's, he's ascending to heaven. In a metaphorical sense, he's taking his seat again. Mm. He's taking that heavenly role again. He's come down to the earth, lived, died, resurrected, proven himself thoroughly to those around him to be the son of man, but also the son of God. And now he's taking back again his heavenly position as God, but with that role of of intercession as well. Mm. So... It's uh, we always see that association taking place with God, but also yeah, with with judgment as well. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, uh, should we have a look at Daniel seven? Yeah, like how that's oh, associated I, with the Son of Man and how I it's associated because yeah. it comes up there really beautifully. I love this passage, isn't it's, it? It's, it's so, so powerful, good. but it's this. It's, it, it can can it be a, a, for some quite challenging to mm. read, but you know I've got so many bits of I love to underline and circle things in my Bible. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, but there's this judgments thing there. Did you want to? Mm. Oh, yeah, in Daniel chapter 7. We might get a verse in before we'll have to go to a song break. But it says in Daniel 7 and verse 9, it says, I watched as thrones were put in place, and the ancient ones sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow. His hair was like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with his wheels with wheels of blazing fire. And a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him, and a millions and many millions stood by to attend him. Then the court began its session and the books were opened. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. And we have a final clue for the quiz. We've had a bunch of people text in the correct answers. Shout out Janelle, the most recent of which to do so. I wrote one of the major prophetic books of the Old Testament. Now, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about this person on this quiz card before me, your last opportunity to get in. We know that this person, they said, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. We know he was around in the time of Hezekiah. But yeah, that final clue, I wrote one of the major prophetic books of the Old Testament. Our prize for this week, uh, our prizes, I should say, which will be drawn tomorrow, the Incredible Revive Cafe Cookbooks. We've got one and two. We want to give them to you absolutely for free. But again, that number, 0491-064-669. And Bruce and and Liz just getting on in there immediately with the correct answer. Got some text messages here as well. Do you want to read this one from Jerry? Jerry says, beautiful. Hi, Jerry. Good, good to hear from you. Um, beautiful and sunny day here. Hoping that it's, it'll stay the same through the weekend. Our church is having our autumn camp, which they also refer to Easter camp. Um, oh, on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, praying for a weather like today. Absolutely, mm. Jerry. And we'll keep that in prayers too. And, and, um, I hope it's a really uplifting and special weekend, um, mm. um, with your oh, Easter camp. The aren't they best. the best? Yeah. It's just spiritually uplifting, aren't mm. they? Yeah. We're looking forward to a camp in a, in a couple of weeks, but it's a little bit higher key than, uh, than church camp. I love church camp, but I'm, we're heading to big camp soon and Faith FM is going to be going there. We're going to be broadcasting the breakfast show from there. And I believe at big camp, they'll have, I don't know, like 3,000, 4,000 people, something mm, like that. So it's going to be big, isn't it? It's going to be packed. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we're going to be right there in the midst of the action. Absolutely. We've got a text message from Suzanne as well. She says, there are clouds too when the redeemed meet the Lord in the air. I wonder if there will be clouds in heaven. I know there's a rainbow. Is there any mention of clouds? Mm. What do you think, Danuta? I don't know. I, I, I don't as such recall mention of clouds, but I do do know, yes, I agree with Suzanne that um, there's the rainbow. We find that in Revelation 4. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting, hey, um, to know. Yeah. But what we do know is that the light will be from Jesus. So I'm kind of thinking there'll be a lot of light. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what? We can get Lyle, the one and only Lyle Southwell, to answer that on our question of the day. He's he said, the guru on yeah. Revelation, isn't he? Yeah, he's no, <laughs> and he's our question of the day point guy as well. So every Thursday afternoon around 5 p.m. Well, we have the show there from 3.30 to 5.30. So... You guys will be able to to get in, ask those questions, and, and potentially hear an answer from Lyle on Thursday, so tomorrow afternoon. But yeah, those are the text messages, guys. Thank you. We, we should finish this up. We should talk about what's happening here in Daniel because yes. we've just seen this judgment scene in verse nine and verse ten. 
you know, the thrones put in place, the books have opened, you've got the Ancient of Days, which is God the Father, seeing heaven around him, millions upon millions ministering to him, his angels, mm. and uh, the court procession begins. But then it says in verse 11, uh, we pick it up. Do you want to read that for us? Verse 11 and verse 12. Yep. Um, I watched then because of the sound of pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and giving to the burning flame. And verse 12, as for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Mm. So we see here uh, that this is actually a finishing of the vision that has been going on so far. And mm-hmm. and we go through and interpret this vision and we can just simply say, oh, this is the, the destruction of the Antichrist as a result of judgment from God. But then following this, I, I, I love, love these next two verses, yeah, don't you? They're incredible because they are such an allusion to yep. Jesus, an amazing one, an amazing prophetic allusion to Jesus, what it is that he's doing and how he is involved in the judgment. So and continues on in verse 13. It says, as my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. And so you have the destruction of earthly kingdoms that, or literally the Antichrist, that are leading people astray. And I love, it doesn't use the word Antichrist within Daniel chapter 7. But we essentially have this one figure, this little horn, this boastful little horn, which is a representation of yeah the, the Antichrist and their actions and what they're doing. They're claiming sovereignty. They're claiming the ability to change times and laws. They're claiming power over God. They're claiming to be God and to forgive sins. Yep. And then it is judged for those pompous words, for the boastful words, for the blasphemies that's speaking. It's judged. And then after it's judgment, it's, you know, it's the, sh- the scene shifts and it's like, oh, who, here is the person who actually takes that place. The King of Kings, the Lord, the Lord of Lords. The Lord of Lords. And Jesus that's the Christ. thing. And, and because it says, it says one like the Son of Man. And as we, we've talked about, the Son of Man refers to Jesus, you know, and the fact that he, you know, Christianity, um, you know, is, is believed that, that his deity and his huma- humanity, and this is representative of, you know, humanity, his his human likeness, and I love that, you know. Mm. I love in verse 14, it says, he was given authority. Yes. Now, this is something really important to consider because ultimately, when it comes to judgment, by Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, not only is he God, but he is the person who has taken the place um, for those who would receive judgment. So, therefore, it is on his authority whether or not you are saved. Mm. It is his decision. He becomes the judge. You know, we see that we see it's uh, the God, the father, the, you know, the ancient of days sitting on the throne is presiding mm. over the courtroom. We see the, the, the angels flying around, but essentially we've got here that Jesus, he is the, he's the, he's the one making the decision because it's based on him. He is the one who is being given all authority here 
Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, yeah. and that's what he says just before he returns to heaven. You read Matthew chapter 28. It says, all authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. We yep. see here in Daniel 7, all authority is given to him over every nation, over every tongue, over everything. And so the big question comes up. We talked in the beginning. Oh, doesn't judgment make you nervous? Like, isn't no one likes the feeling of being judged? Well, the good thing is that we don't have to fear it because, you know, That's with right. Jesus being in our place. And, and it comes back to the whole thing is that we don't have to work our way to salvation, mm. you know, for eternal life because yeah. Jesus has stepped in our place. Our, our thing is to, to believe and accept him, repent of our sins and accept him into our mm. lives. And then see, the thing is because he's the only one that is righteous and just. Mm. Mm-hmm. And therefore, Absolutely. he's the only one that re- can represent us in in that space. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we don't have to work our way to salvation. I love we that. actually it, we respond to him because we are saved, not to be saved. Mm-hmm. And in this space, I love the fact that he, you know, it says one like the Son of Man. He's in this courtroom where the heavenly uh, ancient of days refers to the Father. That he's there, and the, and he and Jesus is as our mediator. Mm, absolutely, and I love. I, I think honestly, Jesus was drawing on this when he was speaking in John chapter three, particularly in verse 70, 17, He says, "And the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but that through him the whole world might be saved." And he's he's reflecting on this moment where the Son of Man he comes with all authority to judge the world, and it's like, oh. And what is that authority? What am I going to use it for? To save the world. Absolutely. Not to condemn it, to save it. Absolutely. And I'm thinking of the, the verse in Romans 8, 1, where it says, "For and I'll read this, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm. It's about being in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. Um, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You can only walk in the spirit when you've got that relationship with Absolutely. Jesus. Absolutely. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're looking at the ancient of days. We're looking at his judgment over all of history and the world. We've been seeing, you know, the ancient one uh, from old as well. I I think Jesus, you could consider him pretty ancient, um, being that he was there and the world was created. Yeah, yeah, but I I love the fact too that the term for the God the Father is ancient of days. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like as well, but, you know, Yeah. yeah. And we have the well, the revelation of Himself. Mm. Th- these ancient words before us, uh, the Word of God. And we're, we're just talking in the break about how amazing the Bible is, how it does mm. everything to show us that God loves us. Not only in a in a kind of narrative and a uh, well throughout the narrative of the Bible and throughout the message of the Bible that God loves you, He's died for you. That and that that message changed my life, and I think it's changed. Everyone who could call themselves a Christian today is because they saw the love of God. Absolutely. And what I love in addition to that Mm. as well is we're also talking about the historical aspects Mm. that are in there. There's so much history. But what what I love with it is that when you actually look in the Bible and you've got questions, Mm. you may not find the answer straight away in those verses that you're reading. You sometimes you find the answer to what you're reading about that in another chapter, in a further place. We, you know, the Bible. That's why it's called ancient words because it's unchangeable, and it's there for us to search, search it out, and keep on digging really deep. Mm. Now, in regards to those words revealing amazing things, we had a 
quiz today, and the answer of that quiz was Isaiah. We looked at a, a bunch of different questions. We know that Isaiah was the son of Amos, and he was the father of Shea and Jashub. Um, he was consulting Hezekiah as the prophet of the Lord. We know that he said some amazing things. But I was reading this morning. I've been reading through Isaiah for my devotions. And cool. I, was, I got to Isaiah 12. Now, Isaiah 11 is a powerful, powerful prophecy in the Bible. I, I think it's... Yeah, it's, yeah, particularly about... It speaks of Jesse's offspring. And who's yeah. Jesse's offspring? It's Jesus. Yeah. It, it would ultimately be the pointing forward to the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Be, there would be one from the root of Jesse. Uh, as it's, I've, I've got an NLT sitting in front of me, but I do my devotions in... Uh, I do my morning reading in uh, New King James. It's Same. Like, yeah, yes, from... Yeah. <laughs> and I underline and I circle things. Oh, that's so amazing. So I can remember more. <laughs> I, I am a terrible writer. So I, I I take notes on my phone. That's my thing. I'm I'm like super anti physical media. Like I have a library at home with with books, and I have my Bible. But I'm like for the most part, I try to keep everything as digital as possible. And you might be listening to that and say, "Oh, that's ridiculous." Also, what happens if your computer goes flat? And that isn't a problem I haven't run into yet. But uh, that being said, yeah, we come to Isaiah 11, and it's this amazing prophecy about the one who is to come. He will liberate Israel. He'll liberate, like he will do all of these incredible things. Uh, and but then it talks about all of these people gathering mm. with him. It says Gentiles from all areas of the world, and we come from to verse 11 as well. It says, "In that day, the Lord will reach out His hand a second time to bring back the remnant of His people." Those who remain in Assyria and northern Egypt and southern Egypt and Ethiopia and Elam in Babylonia in Hamath and all the distant coastlands. And this would be firstly a prophecy that was about the restoration of Judea and Jerusalem preceding the incarnation of Jesus because that's what needed to take place. There needed to be a nation for Jesus to come through of God's people. But furthermore, this is a prophecy looking forward to the future because it's like, Absolutely. It's a, it says he, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely, yep. yeah, yeah. It's, we see the he it's talking about here is the action and the work of God. And it's like, okay, firstly he does this, but then at the very end of time, he's going to bring everyone, everyone from to... all places to him, the remnant of all the believers, which is, you know, you are, you might be listening to the show today. If you consider yourself a Christian, you are one of these people of which God has brung to himself or brung might not be the, a word brought to himself, brought yeah. to himself <laughs> um yeah because he has he has saved he's redeemed and i love this you go through and you read and, it, and it's so amazing and then you come to chapter 12 and it's this song mm, this of beautiful praise. hymn of praise do you want to read it for us oh yeah it, it, time? it just begins and it says in that day you will sing i pr- i will praise you O lord you were angry with me but not anymore Now you comfort me. See, God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. And when we talk about judgment as well, the other thing that judgment provides is victory over sin. Absolutely. A victory over death as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we have swiftly come to the end. Yeah, all too fast. And Especially the Bible study. Absolutely. It just just flies through. And I was getting so, you know, hyped about how amazing the weather was and now I look outside and it is 
well and truly grey, dark clouds, drizzling. We're talking a lot about clouds today. That's right. We brought them so, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we brought the weather with us, truly. We opened the word of God and, and here it is. Danuta, thank you so much for joining Thanks, us today. Thanks, Lawson. It's great. You're so well. It's been great to be with you today. <laughs> Praise God. Well, hey, remember, guys, as you go throughout this day, talk faith, live faith, act faith, get to know Jesus more, and you will grow strong in Him. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.